young. I am. And I am a young black. A young black. Young black. A young black. Black. Black equestrian. 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 Black equestrian. Equestrian. Black equestrian. Equestrian. Black equestrian. I'm a young black equestrian. I am a young black equestrian. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Young Black Equestrians, the podcast. Did you know that, according to the NIH, 44% of riders experience concussions in their career, and 40% of those riders don't even seek medical care? Well, today we are going to be speaking with Tiffany Frierson. She's a mom, a teacher, and a working student whose passion for horses fuel so much of her life. She speaks with us today about life as an amateur adult rider and falling off of her horse and getting a concussion and what that entire experience was like. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment if you enjoyed it. Before we get this episode started, here is a word from our sponsors. Clinics for a Cause, an initiative sponsored by Online Riders Collective, connects amateur riders with top trainers in a program that benefits the Equestrian Aid Foundation. For only $25, riders submit videos up to 15 minutes long and get audio feedback from top clinicians recorded over their video clip. Outstanding trainers from all disciplines have volunteered to participate. Please visit the website for a clinician list and submission instructions, www.onlineridercollective.com. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Young Black Equestrians, the podcast. Tonight, we are speaking with Tiffany Frierson, and she is going to talk with us about her equestrian journey, and we're going to dabble a little bit on concussions. Welcome, Tiffany. Thank you for having me. All right. So if you want to briefly just tell us about yourself, where you're from, what discipline you ride, all that. Okay. Um, well, I'm in Richmond, Virginia, and um, practically all of my riding has been um, hunters and a little bit of jumpers. Um, right now, I'm so happy because six months ago, seven months ago, um, I bought my Thoroughbred Cross Ollie. Aww. Yeah. And um but I guess what brought me here today was that I fell off of him um, a year and a half ago and got a, a pretty significant concussion, even though at the time I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a story. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to hear all about that a little bit in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you even get into horses? Um, and I, I guess I kind of feel like a late bloomer a little bit. I mean, when I was a little girl, I loved horses. And, um, but I thought the only way you could have a horse was to have land and we didn't have land. And so, um, and I had one friend that did have land and she had ponies and I did a couple of trail rides with her, but, um, I graduated from college and started teaching and I really needed to do something for self-care because <laughs> teaching mm-hmm. is hard. Mm-hmm. And I heard about some celebrity, um, doing, uh, learning how to ride a horse, like, on TV. And I was like, I've always wanted to learn to do that. I'm learning how to ride a horse. So at 25, <laughs> I had my first riding lesson on a little gray mare named Tiny Bubbles. And I was hooked ever since then. And so um, I tried to get as much experience as I could. And even as an adult, 
Um, I decided to become a working student um, and I tried to ride at different barns. I took some equine management classes, like audited them at the community college just because I wanted to learn as much as I could. Yeah, you went and, all, um, all in auditing classes. That's, yeah, a, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And um, I then um, taught beginning riding lessons and um, did that for a little while until I started graduate school. And um, after graduate school, I met, you know, met my husband, we got married. And so I took a little bit of a break um, to get married and have my son and kind of picked up riding lessons when I could. Um, I did own a horse while I was teaching riding lessons, but we weren't compatible. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I ended up selling him mm -hmm. and just leasing different horses. Um, and about three years ago, I decided to kind of get back into it full time. And I've been riding for about 20 years. Mm -hmm. So um, now um, I fell in love with this, this horse that I'm leasing now. And even though I fell off of him, when the owner gave me the right price, I bought him. Mm -hmm. Well, good, good. I, I applaud you for kind of taking that leap, even though you took a fall, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's definitely something that we, we want to, um, to chat about. So how, describe your experience, you know, being, like you said, a late bloomer, like what was, what was the atmosphere like when you were entering the industry at that age? Well, you know, I think I was really lucky because as a minority and as an adult, I ended up kind of going to barns and kind of bonding with the instructors. Mm -hmm. And um, the second barn that I went to where I taught riding lessons, um, all the instructors were my age and then they had a good number of adults. So it really kind of ended up feeling like a second home. Mm -hmm. um, and so I really didn't have too many problems. I mean, mostly I got questions from other people like, you ride horses? <laughs> mm -hmm. and, I, and I got the question because I, I was an adult and I was black. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of people who kind of questioned that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I was really fortunate to have positive experiences um, with riding. That's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I know that's not the case for everybody. Yeah, right. not everybody. <laughs> yeah. You'd have different experiences. Yeah. yeah. For sure. But I think that's, that's an interesting perspective, like coming into a barn where you can be more alike, the, more like the instructors. Like, I feel like if, if you, like when kids are going into barns and they're trying to, you know, befriend the boarders and stuff like that, like all these kids, mm -hmm. like it's like high school drama kind of stuff. Right. right. If you kind of skip all them and then just you know befriend the instructors because you guys are kind of in the same point in life yeah it's mm -hmm. an interesting way to or an interesting perspective to put on it because you kind of go right to the source of the knowledge instead of having to rely on your the border people yeah mm -hmm. so yeah. that's interesting to me I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone you know make that distinction for sure yeah. right yeah. it's so, a wise choice 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because can... well, I'm also a I was also a teacher at the time, mm -hmm. so I kind of gravitated to helping the other kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that helped a lot too, because you know once they realized that I could help them, you know kids would come to me for help as well. So it right. really did feel like a comfortable place for me. Um, right at the barn that I spent the most of my time at. Well, that's good, that's good. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the major challenges that you've had in your writing journey? At, besides the fall, you know, just, you know, whether it's finding a place to board, you know, finding the right horse, deciding on discipline. Um, I think really, well, I'll, I'll be honest, the most challenging part has been um, the financial, and um, my husband doesn't really get <laughs> my love for horses. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he doesn't quite understand that. And um, when, I, when I was considering buying Ollie, um, I wasn't sure, at that time I wasn't riding and I wasn't sure if I was ever gonna ride again. And he said, you're gonna buy a horse just so you can pet it? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> for now <laughs> yep um that makes me happy so that's what i'm gonna do price was right mm -hmm. so um but yeah financially it's kind of been the big thing because there have been times when i've leased horses and i've stopped the lease because i gotta buy new kitchen floors <laughs> mm -hmm. you know um i gotta do something for the house and then trying to kind of balance that with cost of daycare so mm -hmm. financially that's been a big issue i did own a thoroughbred um, off the track thoroughbred when I was uh, an instructor, the one that I wasn't quite compatible with. And the nice part about that was that I worked for his board. So mm -hmm. I really didn't have to pay a lot of money then. But as I got older, you know, and had a family, I didn't really have time to work. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's been the biggest, biggest challenge. But I mean, some places here in Richmond, they have a, um, a really fancy barn. Um, I don't. It's an equestrian rider, a, a hunter jumper, well, a jumper, Sulu Rose or Sulu Reed, I think is her married name. <laughs> the price of board there is the cost of my mortgage. <laughs> so it's it's been challenging trying to find places that I can afford. But now my horse is boarded in a. Um, and Caitlin, you'll like this. <laughs> um, um, my horse is boarded in a county called Goochland county <laughs> about 40 minutes from my home and wow. um, <laughs> and it's real it's it's much more reasonable mm -hmm. um, and so I don't have um you know any problems there I really like it at that facility and actually the owner of that facility is um what was one of became one of the instructors with, um, at the barn that I rode before and we connected on Facebook mm -hmm. and um you know she told me about Ollie and that Ollie's owner needed, you know, someone to lease him. Mm -hmm. so. Wow, things kind of just lined up for you. They <laughs> like really, all kinds of connections. They did. They did. Yeah, yeah. It's really been a blessing. I really do feel like this whole the whole equestrian experience has been a blessing for me because I get on and I it's just me and my horse. I don't think about anything else, just me and my horse. Mm-hmm. So. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of times, you know, that's, I think the problems arise when we can't separate ourselves during a ride, you know, when they say, leave everything at the door, leave it in the car, you know, and then when you get to the barn, it needs to, because horses can sense that energy. Right. So I think a lot of times when we 
you know, carry that baggage, stresses from the day, you know, just anything, any like extra emotion, the horse is like, what's going on today? Yes. No, nah, we ain't doing that. And then you get upset <laughs> because, you know, things aren't working out right. So there have been several times I've had to like, well, you know what? It's probably not a good idea to ride. You know, I can't unload and you're looking at me like, uh-uh, girl, you're going to be snatching <laughs> all on my mouth because you're mad. Don't get on me. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm, I completely agree with you there. It's, that's the place for that separation to happen. Um, I've only had kind of one negative experience, um, but it really wasn't a negative experience. Um, I tried to find a place closer to the house I live in now, and the owner of the barn was um, a conservative Christian. And, you know, her being a Christian wasn't really the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and she was kind of nice to me. You know, she wasn't rude. She was very professional. And everybody at the barn was really nice. And there was only one other adult in this barn. So she was real excited <laughs> that I was there. But when um, I had to stop riding, because another issue I have are my knees. I have really bad knees. And so this is kind of the one way that I can exercise um, without too much pain. But if my stirrups are too short, mm-hmm. I'll have problems. And they were really big on, um, on equitation and you know proper form and so you know they asked me to ride with my stirrups shorter than I wanted and end up hurting my knee and I had to take a break but when I tried to call her back I explained who I was she never returned my phone call mm-hmm. um, and you just you know sometimes you just kind of get a vibe from somebody even though they're not rude or disrespectful to you yeah and so that's kind of been you know, the only issue. And I'm actually surprised because, you know, Richmond, Virginia was the capital of the Confederacy. (laughs) And so, you know, there are a lot of people in this area, you know, that feel still have a lot of that Confederate pride. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've driven by that barn. They've got Trump sign out front, out front, you know. (laughs) So. Sounds about um, right. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, and, I, and and most of the barns that I've been to, there's been at least one other black person. And this was the only barn that I've been to where there wasn't anybody. And so just me. And so um, I didn't, never went back there. Yeah. I, I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun place to yeah. go back to. No. no. <laughs> so let's talk, let's talk about your, um, your fall and kind of the situation around that, what, what led up to that? Well, honestly, I don't know what happened. (laughs) Um, I was riding and most of the time it's a private farm. And so there's a house on the property, but, um, you know, they, it was a Sunday morning and everybody was at church. So it was just me and, and Ollie. And I remember cantering around the ring. Um, and he, he's known to spook quite often, <laughs> but you know, I had never had, I'd never fallen off of him before. And that was actually the best, my best record on any horse that I'd ridden on a regular basis. Yeah. And um, I just remember cantering around the ring. And then the next thing I remember was getting up off the ground, sitting up. I looked around for him and I saw that he was at the top of the hill, standing outside of the gate, right next to his friend inside the gate, looking at me, ears perked, <laughs> like, 
is she okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and I remember saying to myself, I've got to lay back down. And I got up, I don't know how long I was unconscious. Um, and I remember trying to go to catch him and kind of feeling a little bit out of it. And he trotted away from me. And I remember thinking grain, go get grain. And, but I don't remember going to get grain. I don't remember catching him. I do remember getting back on though. <laughs> because wow. you know, you fall, you gotta get back on. I didn't want him to learn bad behavior because my previous horse, that's what happened. He kind of learned he could get away with bad behavior. And then mm -hmm. he kind of became kind of uncontrollable and bad behavior with me. And so mm -hmm. I was kind of adamant that I didn't want that to happen with this horse. Right. And so I got back on, I cannoned around one more time. Um, I knew that I, and, and my tailbone hurt, my butt hurt <laughs> real bad. Um, and I just thought, oh, you know, I just thought something was wrong with my backside. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have a headache. Um, and by the time I got back to the barn, you know, I felt okay. I, you know, I knew I was going to be sore, but I felt okay. Um, and, you know, got a life. So I, I went home. I went to the grocery store and in the grocery store, I was like, something's not right. This, this, my backside is hurting a little too much. Mm -hmm. And um, so I went to Better Med, you know, it's a, um, like a clinic, mm -hmm. like a urgent care. Yeah and, yeah. yeah. and so I went there and he asked me all the neurological questions and I answered them fine. Um, found out I had a fractured tailbone oh. and, um, you know, I was like, okay, well, I just can't ride for eight weeks. And, but what happened was maybe 10 days later, I started getting dizzy spells at, in the evening, just with around dinner time. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure what was happening because it happened like once. And then a few days later, it happened again. And then it started happening more frequently. And I started to feel kind of out of it. And I was thinking that maybe I had some other health problem, like high blood pressure mm -hmm. or blood sugar problem. Um, because again, my head didn't hurt at all. And I knew nothing about concussions. I thought if you had a concussion, your head was going to hurt yeah. right away. Yeah. You know, um, and even though I told the, I think it was a physician's assistant at Better Med that I, um, I can't remember what happened. You know, he just kind of said, well, look out for these things. But because my head didn't hurt, I didn't really pay attention. And there was a colleague who said about, um, three weeks after all this happened and I was telling him my symptoms, he was like, I think you have a concussion. Um, and I was able to go to my primary care physician and I was there like 10 minutes and told her all my symptoms. And she said, you have post-concussion syndrome. <laughs> I was like, what's that? Yeah. And she said, well, you know, some people don't have concussion symptoms right away. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have concussion symptoms right away, there's a good chance it could be post-concussion syndrome. A concussion usually is healed within a few days to three months. And if you have symptoms past three months, then you have post-concussion syndrome. Mm -hmm. um, I finally got to the neurologist maybe like six weeks after my fall. And um, she confirmed you know, that I had post-concussion syndrome and um, she couldn't give me like a time frame. But she said, my concussion was pretty significant since I lost consciousness. 
Um, but my primary care physician was wonderful because two days after I saw her, I was in concussion therapy. Mm-hmm. And of course, I didn't know that was a thing. But Yeah, um, yeah. What does that consist of? Oh, well, there's, it's a lot that goes into it. And actually, it's tailored towards your symptoms. Mm-hmm. So every day, you know, my therapist would ask me like what my symptoms were. Mm-hmm. And um, the spinning was vertigo. And so they kind of did this weird thing where they kind of laid me down backwards and tilted my head a, a funny way to help with that. Um, I did a lot of eye movement exercises, kind of looking at like um, dots and in kind of different configurations, sometimes on a computer screen, sometimes on pieces of paper, um, cause my eyes weren't working together. Mm. It, it was, and I had a delay. So I turned my head and there would be a delay. Um, I had, so a, a lot of it was kind of things like that, a little bit of balance exercises. So, but every week I would come in and well, every day that I came in, she would ask me something different. And I did that for about seven months. Wow. Concussion therapy. Um, I also had to do speech therapy. And the one thing about concussions that's kind of weird is that nobody's symptoms are the same. And the, the doctor thinks that I didn't experience my head symptoms because my body was trying to heal my tailbone. I was like dizzy for like six months, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, once the dizziness started, I was on medicine for migraines because that started right when I saw the neurologist. But after six months, the migraine medicine was no longer effective. Right. And I started having really bad side effects. Um, from that, night terrors was like the worst. And so um, they put me on another medicine and those, some, those side effects were even worse. Those were awful. Um, I had a hard time talking, which that was a symptom that I that started after I stopped taking the medicine. Like the right. um the some of the meds like the, the second medicine that I was on, um I had a hard time processing words, um, I had a hard time writing. Um, and, and so I just was like, I'm not gonna take any more migraine medicine. Mm-hmm. But then I started having some issues with speech. I couldn't think of words. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because one day um, I was at work and I yelled out, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and I wasn't. I was looking for another P word. <laughs> but things like that happen is that, you know, there might be a similarity in the words you're looking for, like the initial sound. But I would say like the wrong word, like every day, at least once a day, the wrong word would come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I would be totally unaware of it. So I would be, especially with my son, I'd talk to my son and tell him to do something. And he would look at me like I had two heads because I said the wrong word and didn't realize it. Yeah. So um, concussions are, it's very interesting. I joined a post-concussion syndrome Facebook group. And there's so many people that have similar stories. A um, couple of them have been falls from horses. <laughs> yeah. and, and so um, everybody kind of has stories about, you know, putting their keys in the refrigerator or not remembering why they go to, went to a room mm-hmm. or going to the grocery store and then having no idea why they're there. Um, 
Golly, I feel like I got to right. remember I'll if I fell off a horse. <laughs> well, and the thing about it is I may have had a cushion before because this definitely was not my first fall, but didn't really realize it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you fall and hit your head and see stars, but then you're you fine an hour later, that's the concussion. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. so a lot of people don't really realize that. So I meant to ask you before, but can you explain what a concussion actually is? Because I don't think all of our listeners will know exactly what that is. So it's a, it's a brain injury mm -hmm. and um, you don't have to really hit your head in order to get a concussion. It's just your brain has to bounce against the side of your skull. So, and everybody's different. So some people, you know, will fall several times and hit their head and it's not really a big deal. They never get a concussion. Um, but I think over time for me, um, with all the falls that I've had off of horses, um, I think I may have had kind of mild brain injuries and not known it. Mm -hmm. And this one added um, up. Yeah, just really, I mean, and, and, and also for post-concussion syndromes, they say more women get it. And the older that you are, the more likely you are to, to get it. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. So I'm 45. And so, you know, that I think played a factor um, into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm kind of just thinking of all the times I might have fallen off or seen other people fall off. And we just get up and get right going. Exactly. <laughs> and I was wearing a helmet. So a lot of people say, well, weren't you wearing a helmet? And I said, yes, I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I yeah. was. That was going to be one of my questions. Yeah. yeah. On him, um, I always wear a helmet because he is spooky. You know, mm -hmm. you'll never know when he spooks at something. You know, sometimes you can predict it and sometimes you can't. He's never bolted or done it. He just kind of jumps sideways. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know that you got to keep your heels down, hip, hips relaxed, mm -hmm. you can pop right off. Mm -hmm. And he's 16'3", so I'm... I'm up there yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the safety protection. <laughs> yeah, that's a big fall for sure. Yeah. How did your family kind of cope with your, uh, you know, diagnosis and and helping you work through that? So my parents um, are absolutely wonderful. Um, my, I'm pretty independent, so. My husband was accommodating, um, and I didn't really ask for a lot of help, um, and his job kind of keeps him pretty busy. So my parents are retired, and so if I couldn't, I mean, I only had a few days where I couldn't drive. The doctor said, you seem okay to drive. Um, and I would drive places, and what would happen is I would drive, and I would be fine. And then when I would get to my destination and step out the car, I would be really, really dizzy. Mm -hmm. So there were only one or two days where I felt like I couldn't drive. And so my parents drove, drove me, they even drove me to the barn just to go see Ollie. Um, so, um, and a lot of it is being patient because one of the things that happens to a lot of people that get post-concussion concussion syndrome is their emotions kind of get out of control. You know, we, we overreact to things. Um, and so my, my husband was really patient with me in that regards and my son were really patient with me. I'd have to go to bed kind of earlier than they did um, on many nights. Um, and so, I mean, they were great, but I've heard a lot of stories about couples breaking up mm -hmm. because 
their um, significant other couldn't handle um, their emotions, couldn't handle the fact that they couldn't work. Um, I was lucky because if I uh, had a rough day, I could work from home. Mm -hmm. So I normally work from home two days a week anyway. Mm -hmm. So my boss was like, if you need to work from home, that's great. Um, And so I was, I'm kind of lucky and fortunate Um, My mom went grocery shopping for me (laughs) a couple of times. Mm -hmm. So um, because with the concussion, um, stimulation is out of control. So going to the grocery store, there's there's a lot to see. Your eyes are constantly moving. Um, You know, there's so much to kind of remember. And a lot of people feel very sick um, in the grocery store. So if I was still teaching, I would have had to take time off. There would have been no way right. that I would have been able to teach a class with my symptoms that I was having. Right. Um, some people are really sensitive to noise and light. Um, I was not so sensitive to light, but I was sensitive to noise. Mm-hmm. And now I work in an office environment. And so um, it's pretty quiet. It's not, not too loud. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you you know, had the support that you needed because a lot of times, you know, the hardest thing is not only going through the the symptoms of it, but kind of the aftermath. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, one thing that was hard was that at first the doctors told me you can't ride again. You won't be able Mm -hmm. to ride anymore. If you hit your head again, the concussion will be worse. Your your symptoms will be worse. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of resigned myself that I wasn't going to ride anymore. Um, but around about a year, I started feeling a lot better. And my, both of my doctors, my primary care physician and my neurologist was like, have you gotten back on yet? And I was like, wait, you told me I couldn't. And I told my family that I wasn't going to ride again because that's what you told me. So when I decided that I'm going to try it again, you know, my parents were a bit upset. Yeah, but they didn't protest. Um, then you have a whole horse. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and and I, I had to break it to them uh, <laughs> gently. <laughs> but um, you know, they're they're still supportive. Like they kind of you know watch my son when my husband's not available. Um, you know, they they listen to my horse stories. <laughs> You know, when I come home and, and talk about, you know, Ollie being a good boy that day, not spooking anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't give was, me time. So was the post that you made in the black female equestrians Facebook group, was that your first time getting back on them? It was. Wow. It oh. was. And he's a horse that really should be ridden regularly. Mm-hmm. And his owner hadn't ridden him. It had been six months since I bought him. And so he wasn't really written regularly um, once I stopped riding because of the owner's schedule. Um, but the um, owner of the barn got on him for me the, mm-hmm. for the first time. And I've been lunching him. So I've been trying to, throughout this whole time, keep my bond up with him. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. we, we did a lot of lunge work and some groundwork. Um, and one of the things I really wanted to do was to shore up the voice commands so that I knew my leg was going to be really weak. <laughs> and so I didn't, you know, I wanted to to really continue that bond so that when I got on him, it should 
it should be a little easier. Right, right. And I'm sure, mm -hmm. I mean, that much time of doing groundwork was <laughs> so helpful anyway, you know, mm -hmm. helping with the spooking, helping, you know, with your communication, yeah. you know, and what helps him know what to kind of expect from you, know your, learn your mannerisms and stuff like that. I'm mm -hmm. sure that time off was still better than, than not having anything. Yeah. It also helped that he wasn't written regularly so he's not fit so it gives us the opportunity to kind of get fit together mm -hmm. so um because yeah that would have been different if he had been exercised three times a week <laughs> mm -hmm. and i hadn't done any of that so mm -hmm. um we're kind of working together to get back slowly i love the teamwork yeah. <laughs> oh i know <laughs> so what are your goals with him you know for the next few years what are you guys thinking you're trying to achieve you know really i just want to enjoy him i mean i just want to get on him and hack around i don't think i'm going to do any more jumping because mm -hmm. most of the time when i fall off it's been at a fence mm -hmm. um and so um and he's 16 about to turn 17 in april and so um he's had um a stifle injury he's had a few injuries so you know i just want to kind of hack around on him we ride around the farm do a little trail riding around the farm so i just want to enjoy him and i want our bond to grow mm -hmm. um you know i don't really have time to like show him i don't have mm -hmm. a trailer or a truck i tried to convince my husband to buy a truck but <laughs> i wasn't successful with that yeah. so um you know because i would love to take him out on a trail ride from mm -hmm. where um but for now we just enjoy the farm and you know just working on um you know working on his frame making sure that you know he's keeps himself composed and <laughs> carrying himself correctly and um fitness for me because this is kind of the the most consistent type of exercise that i was doing was mm -hmm. riding yeah. um and so I just want to kind of keep that up. Yeah. Those are great goals. Period. <laughs> you know, there's, there's no reason everybody has to be like in a show ring or, right. you know, you can still maintain a positive and active relationship with your horse if you're not competing or, right. you know, always going off to do something. So I admire that for you guys, with you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, so what advice would you give aspiring equestrians today? Um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, don't be intimidated by anyone <laughs> because, mm -hmm. um, you know, there are a lot of people who don't quite get this whole equestrian horse thing <laughs> and it can be mm -hmm. discouraging. Um, you just kind of remember like, why you got into it in the first place and let that kind of mm -hmm. be your motivation um and to form a bond with your horse get to know your horse that's the most important thing you know um i've i think i went to one barn one time where there were grooms and the grooms got the horses ready for the riders or the owners and mm -hmm. you know there's really no bond you know the horses are very well trained so anybody can get on them and ride but yeah. you know there's you know, there's nothing like, you know, when your horse comes to you, 
you're standing in the field mm -hmm. and he just comes to you because he knows you and loves you, you mm -hmm. know, or being able to tell that something's not right because you know your horse and how they move. Mm -hmm. right. um, and, you know, just that, that bond um, is just essential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't even know how people could skip up that, that time, you know, that personal time, yeah. just in grooming. I mean, horses in the wild, they groom each other in the herd. Right. We've taken our horses out of herds. You, you know, if you're, if they're not in a pasture or well, whether they are or not, I mean, they might be with one other horse. Use that time. Yeah. Because they're seeking it as well. Yeah. Yeah. For a whole year, that's all I did was spend time with them. <laughs> You know, I wasn't a year and a half. I wasn't riding. Um, that was, and that's what, I mean, that was ultimately the reason why I decided to buy him, even though I didn't know I was going to ride ever again, was mm -hmm. because I just formed a bond with him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out of that for sure, because I, I just feel like a lot of people would have just quit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My, my family was expecting me to quit. <laughs> completely yeah. um, but I was yeah. like imagine hearing like you can never ride again yeah okay. that, well <laughs> I will tell you <laughs> that along with my heightened emotions I mm -hmm. tell you every time I went to a doctor I cried mm -hmm. I yeah. literally cried <laughs> and I actually did some um therapy because you know I was having such a hard time with all of my emotions and processing what happened to me and trying to figure out, you know, whether or not I was going to ride again. And, you know, kind of through that, I mean, my goal was, because my, the owner I knew at some point was going to sell him and she was asking a little more than I wanted to pay um, initially. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to research some rescues and I'm just going to find like a rescue that maybe an off the track thoroughbred that can't be ridden anymore. And I'm going to adopt him <laughs> or her. And so that was kind of like my plan. And you know, then God turned around and said, nope, <laughs> yeah. you're going to end up with him. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think well, it looks like either way, you are not letting horses escape your life. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. They bring me joy. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's, it's nice to have, have that. Like not, not everybody knows what, brings that feeling for them you know right. so they're like right dabbling around and doing a lots of random things i was talking to an employee today and she was like yeah my bro boyfriend broke up with me because he said i'm uninspired and i was just like well <laughs> i don't even know what that feels like, <laughs> like you know, i i'm just so inspired you know by the horses and by everything we're doing but it revolves around horses like mm -hmm. dang girl <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's nice to to create this community and to be involved with people that have that same driving and there's no question right and i feel like that happens with horse people all the time like you, you don't you hardly ever see those like wish-washy they're like oh know if I like horses like sometimes I do it's either you do or you don't <laughs> right right no well horse. the barn that I'm at now um everybody there's an adult mm -hmm. there's only like seven horses there and you know we all kind of have that same passion for horses mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so everybody doesn't ride 
and there's, you know, there's one or two horses that are retired there, but their owners still come and see them and, you know, we get to kind of talk and, you know, look out for each other's horses. And <laughs> if a big snowstorm's coming, hey, you need me to come out and help <laughs> get the stalls ready, you yeah. know, so it's, it's a little community there, like a little family. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And what, when you, I know that you have kind of have experience at different places. What do you look for when you are choosing a barn? H- have you, have you had to board Ollie in different places? No. So this, this was the only place, I mean, he was there. Already. He had just been there maybe like six months before I started leasing him. Okay. Um, and the last place that he was at, I do know that they didn't um, care for their horses properly. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, not feeling water troughs and, you know, just not proper care. Mm-hmm. And so um, the one reason why I didn't move him to a place, because I live, I live in a county that's kind of suburban, but also mostly rural. So I probably could have found some place near closer to where I live but I know the owner, I trust the owner, um, you know, and because of our conversations, like, you know, I know she'll throw on two blankets if, <laughs> if it's really cold or, you know, um, she has a degree in equine management. And so she knows about, you know, different feeds and he's had ulcers before. Mm-hmm. Um, he will lose weight if he'll lose 50 pounds in one night, if the temperature drops too quickly, mm-hmm. he just got that metabolism. And so, you know, she will adjust his feed so that that makes sure that doesn't happen. Um, so, you know, I mean, I just kind of look for, I do look for kind of cleanliness. I mean, I know it's a barn, but mm-hmm. you know, things should have a place. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of look for how the owners talk about the horses. Like, mm-hmm. is it a little more than just a job, mm-hmm. you know, that they do? Um, I pay attention to the other boarders and try to like listen to me some of the questions that they ask, like the conversations they'll have with the owner, if I can. Um, yeah. Sometimes cost makes a difference and sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So that's not always, you know, the case. Mm-hmm. Um, the nice thing about this barn is that I can also text the owner at any time and, you know, ask her a question or if she goes out of town, she lets us know and she lets us know who's gonna be in charge of the horses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I don't know this, this place. And, and one of the primary things is, does it feel comfortable? Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because that's been the places that I've been at the longest is where it just felt the most comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of something you can't really put in words too well, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's what I look for. It makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect <laughs> sense to me. Especially being a minority, you know, it's mm-hmm. not always comfortable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I ended up moving to a place where I could have the horses on my property after college, uh-huh. and I was the barn that I was. It was like a co-op barn, so we all had a schedule and fed and helped do stuff. But I cried, like, leaving. I was like, I know it makes no sense to pay to keep my horse here when there's a barn outside my house. But, like, I didn't want to leave, you know. Have horses on your own property and you don't interact with other horse people. Like, you can ride. You can do all these things by yourself. (laughs) So I definitely understand the whole, you know, just being comfortable with where you at and 
you know, having some sort of um, community and resource at your barn. That's very yeah. important. Yeah. Very important. Caitlin, you got any more questions for her? Yeah, Tiffany, what would you tell someone who has fallen off a horse and I don't know, maybe they like get up and feel a little dizzy or they might stumble a little bit. What advice would you give them for after their trail ride or their practice and training show, whatever it is, what would you tell them? Um, well, if I could really talk to them in person, they definitely need to go to the doctor because I should have gone to the emergency room in an ambulance <laughs> that day. I drove 40 minutes home by myself. Um, should not have done that. Um, and then to tell them kind of what to look for in the future and let them know that they can have symptoms. I mean, some people have reported going a whole month without symptoms. Um, and so, you know, making sure that people are aware um, that was one reason why I wanted to talk to you all today, because I thought us horse people fall off and hit our heads all the time, and then we get back on. Yeah, yeah. You know, we think uh, twice about it. You know, we're we're pretty tough, um, and so and a um, lot of and a lot of us, us mm -hmm. <laughs> wear yes. helmets. Yeah, or go to the doctor. <laughs> or go to the doctor. Yeah, because of the style of riding, or you know, we don't want it. We don't want to look like a lame or you know, whatever the reason. Um, so yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just, I mean, go to the doctor and just educate them about the symptoms of a concussion um, because they can be vision problems because a lot of people think they just go, they go to the eye doctor. They think something's wrong with my eyes now and they mm -hmm. don't put two and two together um, or they don't know, go to the ear throat nose specialist because they don't know why they're dizzy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They just, you know, don't put two and two together. Um, yeah a lot of people have neck pain and I didn't have neck pain starting until like maybe seven months out I started having neck pain you know so I really feel like we do need to be educated about you know concussions a lot of people think concussions are dramatic like you have to have them like in a car accident mm -hmm. um or they think of football, football players mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. who hit their head over and over again and then they have really aggressive behavior and a lot of the a lot of the women that I know that have had concussions, it's emotions. They're just they're crying for things that they would not normally cry about, or they have a lot of heightened anxiety. Um, and um, sometimes uh, kids will be diagnosed with like ADD because they just can't focus in school, um, and they don't realize it's related to the fact that they hit their head. Um, my my son plays soccer and he was on the team with with the little boy that um, I saw him in therapy one day concussion therapy and his mom said that um, this was a spring he hit his head in the fall and they did not realize that he um, had a concussion and he was playing he was trying to play soccer I remember thinking that boy looks out of it. Why is he in the game? He doesn't, he looks kind of out of it. Mm -hmm. Turns out he had a concussion. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. That so was like six months, six, seven months later before they figured it out because kids can't always articulate how they're mm -hmm. feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's scary to them. You know, they don't want right. something to be wrong, especially with them not being able to communicate how what the feeling is right yeah 
Yeah. And then a lot of people, they don't want to have to stop doing what they love, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so they don't say anything. A lot of athletes do that. Mm-hmm. So, That's you know, what I was thinking, you know, when people get in a car accident, they'll go. <laughs> they go <laughs> march right on down. Right, right. <laughs> the chiropractor insurance afterwards, everything. Yep, insurance <laughs> needs to uh, click in and... Uh, yeah, they yeah they'll go after a car accident. <laughs> yeah, but because it's something that you love doing, you know, you I guess that fear of being told that you either can't do it anymore or you're gonna have to stop doing it if you want to heal, and right. yeah, you just have to get over that. Yeah, yeah. My I remember my therapist saying, "You can't get on. You can't get on for now." And she because she never said that I couldn't ride again. She just mm-hmm. said there's a certain period of time where you really should not ride. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, and you horse people are the worst. Y'all just want to get back going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I know earlier when you said, you know, what are you going to say if somebody says that you can't ride? My first thought was, well, I'll ride at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe not this week. But. And that's what I thought, you know, when, when I went to the neurologist the first time and she told me, I was like, well, uh, I don't know. I don't believe her. I'm going to. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and see how it goes. And then three months went by and six months went by and I was actually felt worse at six months than I did at one month. Mm-hmm. And so that's when it kind of dawned on me that I really might not be able to ride again. Right. But I'm back on, back in the saddle. Oh I just I really can't even get past the whole like like Ollie is still being in the picture, you know? Yeah. Like oh yeah. I guess maybe not them. Huh? <laughs> somebody probably would have sold. Like, right. oh, we're not doing this again. <laughs> right, right. And, I, and it's just, maybe it's not knowing what happened mm-hmm. that kind of kept you guys together. I, didn't, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud because I feel like if somebody knew, like, Oh, it was just a leaf and he threw me off and I slammed my head. You know, if they had the whole production with it and I was knocked out for two hours and nobody was there, I feel like that, that adds more fear into it. Right. And yeah, I I kind of, I realized that maybe about a month or two afterwards, I was like, I'm glad I don't know. Cause at first I was like, well, if I know then I can fix it. Like I can, I can figure it out. But then I was like, maybe there's a reason (laughs) that I don't know what happened. And I mean, again, even though he spooks often, it's never anything major, you know? I mean, at least when I'm on him, it doesn't feel major. Now, maybe somebody watching might think that it was a big movement, but because he's such a big boy, you know, it doesn't really feel like a a really big thing. Um, He's never reared when I've been on him. He's never bucked when I've been on him. Um, he's never bolted Mm -hmm. so you know it just who knows what happened I mean it was hot that day I could have passed out from dehydration I don't I don't know so I like I like not knowing (laughs) you know it's kind of helped my confidence you know I don't I'm not really thinking I'm not overanalyzing right right that's that's fantastic (laughs) fantastic for sure all right. I'm glad there was the happy ending. That makes my yeah. heart smile. I know, I know. I, I didn't, you know, when Caitlin was like, yeah, this lady, she had a concussion. She was the type of, I was like, 
I don't want people, I don't want her to tell people, like, I got a concussion, don't ride, y'all. Don't ride. <laughs> but then I, I saw, I realized that you were the lady that, that posted the, um, the black female equestrian script. And I was like, oh, okay. She's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a accomplishment because, you know, I know what the statistics are for kids. Kids fall off. Most of the time they don't get back on. But I have no idea what it is for adults, you know, because a lot of my peers, we just get back on. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of adults don't get back on if they have a pretty mm-hmm. bad fall. I mean, yeah. most of the don't time, adults that, yeah, person. yeah, we don't. I mean, I thought it was going to be six weeks. My my tailbone was going to heal, and then it was eight weeks, and I was like, man, I'm still a little sore. <laughs> and then ten weeks, and but you know, of course, I was having concussion symptoms pretty badly back mm-hmm. then too. So, but um, I mean, when I fell off and found out I had a, a, a fractured tailbone, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm getting back on. Just give me eight weeks, I'll be back on. You know. That was my attitude, but I had fallen off so many times before mm-hmm. that I was like, I'm just going to get back on, yeah. which that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. That is yeah. right. That is right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I, it just makes my heart happy that you got, not that you went through all that, but that you came out on the other side and you're still obviously passionate about it and you still have the relationship with ollie he's not shipped off somewhere like that just that just makes me happy so i'm hoping to be an inspiration and you know to other people and uh and get the information out about about concussions you know because we really don't talk about it enough right right yes we need the correct info yes Yes, um, and you know, firsthand experience is always the best way to to share the that information. So, I mean, even you know, I guess prior to this episode, we'll look up some statistics just to share like numbers and you know, get some get you know like a list of symptoms stuff like that like that you discuss so that we can share it like actual graphics with our listeners, um, just to kind of have that concrete visual there um to accompany this episode so great all right well thank you so much for joining us tonight for young black equestrian tv um we appreciate your time and we will let you know when this episode goes live okay thank you all right nice meeting you all nice nice you too have a great night you too bye-bye Thank you for listening to another episode of Young Black Equestrians, the podcast. Head over to our Facebook page and let us know what you think about this episode. Did you learn something new that you didn't know before? Feel free to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel for more exclusive content. See you guys next week.